Hello, you are listening to Homilies from Newman University Church, founded by St. John Henry Newman and the home of the Notre Dame Newman Center for Faith and Reason. If you were to ask a saint, let's say you just get this visitation from a saint and you say, well, what is it that you have to offer in being a saint? The saint says, well, you have a close relationship with the very source of our being, our creator. Our creator who loved us so much that he sent us his son to show us how to be human and that our joy might be complete. It's really extraordinary. And you pause and you say, well, but what else? That would be a really strange reaction. And yet it's the way we live, most of us Christians, most of the time. We read the gospel and we believe it when we read it. And then as we read in the letter of James, we are like one who, walking away from a mirror, forgets who he is. We need some more security, some other thing that seems maybe all right. What we find in Jesus, the fullness of joy, that sounds pretty good. But those people over there seem to have something I want to. C.S. Lewis was once asked to address a group of undergraduates, I presume at Oxford or Cambridge, based on the style of his address. But the advice that he gave there in his talk called The Inner Ring is probably the best advice I've ever seen given by anyone asked to give advice to anyone. In talking about The Inner Ring, C.S. Lewis says that we notice pretty early in life that there are the official rules there are the organizations of life. There are titles and rule books that are laid out explicitly. And then there's a second layer of rules. In any kind of organization or society, there's an in-group and an out-group. And their rules are somewhat secret. They exist, but you can't talk about them. He says if you talk about being an outsider to someone who's already an insider, they're never going to make you an insider. And if you talk about being an outsider to those who are outsiders, well, then you're identifying yourself as an outsider, and that's a fearful thing, too. We live in terror, in a sense, of, that Jeremiah has in that first reading, that we are denounced, that we are not included. Lewis writes about the phenomenon of the inner ring. You discover one in your house at school before the end of the first term, and when you had climbed up to somewhere near it by the end of your second year, perhaps you discovered that within that ring there was yet another ring more inner, which in its turn was the fringe of the great school ring to which ha the house rings were only satellites. There's no end of rings. I believe, he says, that in all our lives at certain periods, and in many of our lives at all periods between infancy and extreme old age, one of the most dominant elements is the desire to be inside the local ring and the terror of being left outside. Jesus tells us, do not be afraid today. And it is, I think, this terror, at least in part, to which he speaks. You cannot be an outsider to God's creation. No more than a sparrow can be an outsider to God's creation. And once you have that, you have everything as St. Teresa of Avila wrote in those lines to her breviary, Nada te turbe, let nothing disturb you. God alone is enough, but we will not believe it. 
We want God and the assurance that the really important people up the street will include us when they're talking about the really important things that the important people up the street need to talk about. He reflects and asks us to reflect, does Lewis, on what it is that it takes to join an inner ring. And he says this, in the whole of your life as you now remember it, has the desire to be on the right side of that invisible line ever prompted you to any act or word on which in the cold, small hours of a wakeful night you can look back with satisfaction? If so, your case is more fortunate than most. Recognizing that inner rings have to exist, that there have to be some people who hold confidences and make decisions, he says it's not the ring itself that's evil, it's the things that we end up doing to join it. The compromises we make, the sacrificing of our integrity. And he explains to us the folly with which I began this homily, that we're going for the wrong thing anyway. He says, let's imagine an innocent ring, just a ring of musicians, and you want to be included in this quartet, and so you work very hard to get there. And then once you're inside, he says, once the first novelty is worn off, the members of this circle will be no more interesting than your old friends. Why should they be? You were not looking for virtue or kindness or loyalty or humor or learning or wit or any of the things that can be really enjoyed. You really wanted to be in. And that is a pleasure that cannot last. Again and again, and in particular in today's gospel, Jesus is reminding us to go for the goods that last, to recognize our true being in the Father, and to rest in it, we don't need more than that. And seeking more than that, in addition to being logically foolish, takes us away from what is our true good. It makes us compromise our virtues. It makes us less than our full selves. We, in striving to add to the joy that is complete in Christ, make it less complete. Some final words from Lewis, because there are so many good ones. If in your spare time you consort simply with people you like, you will again find that you have come unawares to a real inside, that you are indeed snug and safe at the center of something which, seen from without, would look exactly like an inner ring. But the difference is that the secrecy is accidental, and its exclusiveness a byproduct, and no one was led there by the lure of the esoteric. For it is only four or five people who like one another needing to do the things they like. This is friendship. Aristotle placed it among the virtues. It causes perhaps half of all the happiness in the world, and no inner ring can ever have it. Thomas Aquinas speaks of the Christian vocation as friendship in beatitude. We, as a Christian community, are meant to be a place where everyone is an insider and there are no outsiders. God's love does not divide itself among human ranks and human vanities and human achievements as we dream of in a few days now coming back together as a church we do well on this 12th sunday in ordinary time to think about what it means when we gather in community and what that community should look like a place not of insiders and of outsiders but of friendship friendship in beatitude friendship that really believes in jesus who says be not afraid.
It's that life of integrity that is the life of the saints. It's that secret of integrity that requires no extra skill or education except not making compromises for things that cannot add to the dignity that is already yours. Jesus wants us to be comfortable in our own skin. I offer you, in conclusion, a poem by Ron Padgett called The Center of Gravity that I think in its own way speaks to these themes as well. The military jeep was said to have had a high center of gravity, therefore subject to tipping. If you took a curve too fast, you might turn over. A person with very short legs has a low center of gravity and will not tip over easily. The Ottoman likewise. When a person is lying flat, he or she has the lowest center of gravity possible, as does a sheet of paper on a table. People floating around in outer space have little or no center of gravity because there's not enough gravity to have a center. Gravidanza is the Italian word for pregnancy, which sounds more serious than the English word and may remind us of sentences such as, the situation is very grave. Every situation has gravity. It's a question of how much. People too have gravity, of manner, of morals, and of body. It is good to have gravity, but not too much of it, like a bag of cement. You might not be able to move around or make ethical distinctions. But with too little of it, you are flighty. Your feet hardly touch the ground. Though cement and flightiness have their charms, it is better to find your center of gravity and have it be the place you radiate out from. Once I lay in bed ill, unable to move, but in my head I was flying and bouncing around. But illness has no charm. And when it becomes very grave, your gravity edges toward the most perfect center of gravity 